A maid in Singapore teaches us to never, ever eat food prepared by a maid. And then we take a look at a haunted hotel where the ghost of a woman and her child continue to haunt it to this day. But this isn't just any ghost story. This ghost causes NBA teams to lose. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a ton of stuff to cover, a literal ton. So let's go ahead and get started here by giving a shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, James Magrum. James, everyone give a round of applause for James. He's doing the snake. Yesterday, the guy did the worm. This guy's doing the snake. It's kind of the same thing, except, I don't know, snake here. James, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You can't support the Patreon. I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That also really, really helps out a lot. We help James up off the ground. We dust him off. We realize he's reptilian now. We realize he's part of the conspiracy. But that's okay. We're still going to give him the keys to the dead rabbit dirigible. We're going to fly on out to Singapore. Dirigible is flying over the Pacific Ocean, I believe. We're headed out to Sang Kang in Singapore. It's December 2018. Dirigible lands in Sang Kang. We're all walking around wearing clothes from 2018. Probably still own those clothes. We're probably currently wearing clothes we wore in 2018. We see a house in Sang Kang. We see like a family inside, you know, doing family stuff, playing Parcheesi or whatever. And then we see, like, a maid walk in, and she leaves the door open, so we sneak in. We sneak in behind the maid, and we're gonna... And then we're done sneaking, we're just standing in our living room. How'd you get in here? We're like, shh. Family's like, okay, that's a little creepy, but that's nothing. A bunch of people appearing in your living room is far less bizarre than what's about to happen. Everything's alleged. We'll start off by saying that. Canares Rowan Ola. She's a 43-year-old maid. But oddly enough, she's not this family's maid. So even though we snuck in after the maid, she doesn't even know this family. As far as we can tell, the police have not said that she knows this family in any way, shape, or form. She's just a random maid. She's the Uber of maids. But you don't have to call her. She just shows up at your house, starts doing maid stuff. She prepares food for this family. And um, my goodness, bizarre maid that I didn't hire. Um, 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 This isn't suspicious at all. And this food is the bomb and they're eating it and she goes yeah you could almost say it's bloody good if you were british and they're like but we're not british we're in singapore so we're not gonna say that and she's like yeah but imagine you're in britain wouldn't you say the food is bloody good they're like i guess i mean now that you're saying it i do notice that this is a little pinker than normal whatever this dish that i'm eating is super delicious and she's like yes yes you could say they're like quit quit making puns quit making puns She's like, okay, but I'll just say this. If you continue to eat that, well, then <laughs> she's trying to figure out how to grammatically make this correct. They're eating this this bloody good food, and she goes, you know, you continue to eat that. I'll say that you're in trouble. And they're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. But, but now they're starting to put two and two together. I don't think she made puns. I don't think the maids stood there and made puns the whole time. She's not the Riddler. But what happened in real life? She made this food for this family that she doesn't work for. Maybe it was their neighbor. Maybe it was her neighbor or something like that. She made this food, and in the food, she put in her own urine, 
which she kind of got from that joke, and then her own blood. But not, I, listen, I, this might sound sexist, which is a horrible way to start a sentence that you're about to say next. This might sound sexist. I get that it's the same, but with a slight difference. She put blood in the food, but not just any blood. She put in menstrual blood. Which, I get it, blood's blood. But knowing there's like an egg in there, right? <laughs> my, my knowledge of human biology is non-existent. But when a, when a woman menstruates, isn't a little egg, isn't there like a little microscopic egg? Because it's like all of the... Basically, um, when you... The fact that it comes out from your vagina, that doesn't bug me. That's not... I mean, it could come out of there, it could come out of your foot. Blood's blood. But I'm pretty sure there's an egg in it. There's also, I imagine, like fibers as well. Although, I'll say this. If someone had... If I had to eat two bowls of something... <laughs> this video's not getting monetized. If I had to eat two bowls of something and one of them contained arm blood... And one of them contained menstrual blood, and I had to choose one. I wouldn't. I would not choose the menstrual blood one. I don't know. Is that is that wrong? <laughs> is that my sexist for not wanting to eat menstrual blood, having mixed it with my food? So she's under arrest for this. She's under arrest, and again, this is all alleged for putting urine and menstrual blood into their food. What's bizarre? I mean, <laughs> that's bizarre in and of itself. That happened in 2018. She's currently, like, under trial. In January of this year, in 2020, another maid in another part of Singapore did the exact same thing. However, she, her name's Diana, she put it in the family that she worked for, which makes more sense. She put in her menstrual blood again and her urine and spit as if that was the missing ingredient. She's like, aha, menstrual blood and urine. That's what that other maid did, and she got caught. However, I will spit in it as well. I will leave that telltale slimy little loogie floating around. She did this in their water and rice, which would be super... I don't know if these people ate it. I don't know if these people ate it. Actually, let me scroll down on my notes. They ate it. That sentence was literally blocked at the bottom. They did eat their food. How did you not notice the rice in the water was pink? Who knows? But anyway, so apparently you have two people in Singapore. That makes it an epidemic. That makes it an epidemic at this point. Two different maids in Singapore are peeing and spitting. Well, only one of them spit. And putting menstrual blood in your food. So now that's my new stereotype. If someone's like, hey, my maid... <laughs> I'm not going over to people's houses. And they're like these super mansions and they got maids. But if anyone ever says, oh, my maid prepared this, I'm immediately going to overturn the table and say, how dare you? You want me to eat menstrual blood? And I walk out. Everyone's super shocked, but I saved them from eating a little bit of their maid. Moral of the story, flip over tables in rich people's houses. James, let's go ahead and fire up that dead rabbit dune buggy. Because we're going to leave behind Singapore and we are headed out to do a little quick follow-up story in the middle of the desert. Dune buggy's driving through the continent of all of wherever we were at. Singapore I actually think it's an island, right? But it doesn't matter. We eventually get to New Mexico. This is a story we have talked about so many times on this show. And I got to give a big shout out to Misty Van. I always mispronounce her last name. I pronounced it right once. Misty Van Appledorn. No, Misty Van Appeldorn. I believe it is. I'll find out. She always emails me when I get it wrong. She, she broke this story. This is something that I'd been looking at off and on over about a year and a half. She sent me a crucial piece of information. So Misty, you're a total rock star. 
You guys remember the Sunspot Solar Observatory story. We covered it back when it was happening. Quick overview, back on September 6, 2018, this observatory got shut down. There was Black Hawk helicopters. There were FBI agents there. Ton of conspiracy theories about it. People said that it saw an asteroid that was about to destroy the planet. Remember when that happened, all life on the planet was destroyed. Some people said it was spotted an alien spaceship that was about to show up and start taking over the planet. Remember when that happened, all the aliens took over. It's so funny because all these conspiracy At the time, that week, people were like, oh my god, this is totally going to happen. All these observatories have been shut down around the world. They were scheduled maintenance. You had a bunch of observatories that were still there. You guys remember that panic, though? I always want to remind you guys of that. Because going forward, when we look at these new panic events, remember the stuff that didn't pan out, like Sunspot Solar Observatory. The world was supposed to end, all this bad stuff was going to happen. And then you had more reasonable things, like Chinese infiltration of the facility. The the story ended up being, and I remember I being very, very suspicious of it at the time. I've talked about this over the past year and a half when this happened was that a janitor was caught downloading child sexual abuse material, child porn. And that's why the FBI was there. The observatory was shut down because of that investigation. And a lot of people kind of, no, no, there's a meteorite coming. We're going to be killed any day now. And obviously that didn't happen. But And then the observatory opened back up. That was the story. And, and I've said this several times on the show. I was very suspicious of that story because it's a criminal case how do we not know the name of the person who was arrested? I said that as recently. It might have been, uh, it was a live stream. It wasn't the Thanksgiving one, but one before that, that I'll do Patreon-exclusive live streams. But I might have even mentioned in an episode recently as well, where I'm saying, how come we don't know the name of this guy? If this is real, if that's the real story, how come we don't know the name of this guy? So Misty, the rock star, found his name. Joshua Lee Cope, 32-year-old man. Court documents totally explaining it. I act, I think this case is closed. I think this case is totally closed. The court documents have been filed. This guy, Joshua Lee Cope, he's being charged with one count of distribution and two counts of possession of child sexual abuse material of under the age of 13. He was actually indicted back on July 2nd, 2020. So it took a while for them to get everything put together. Oh, and I should say this, he's walking free right now. He's on bond. So if you live in the New Mexico area... You know, this dude. This dude's probably jogging next to you. And he's not going to start trial until January 2021 at the earliest. So we have a name now. And the reason why they shut it down was his laptop had gone missing. And obviously, he was freaking out. He was taking his laptop to work. He was a janitor there. And downloading the stuff from their internet. And then his laptop went missing. And he started freaking out. And he started telling the other employees that he thinks a serial killer is loose in the area. And he's afraid someone's going to come in and start killing people at the facility. So they shut it down and then called the FBI. And what's really kind of concerning is one of the directors of the Sunspot Observatory apparently discovered this material on his laptop. But then had more pressing matters. Like, you know, pointing a telescope at a sun. There is an alien ship coming in. He's like, oh, the child stuff can wait. But no, he just, I don't know, had to go collate some star charts or something like that and didn't report it immediately. So there we go. I always said if we don't have a name of the person, someone's covering it up or maybe that was a false story. There we go. Misty was a total rock star for finding that. And in the show notes, you can see all the documents, the court documents and everything like that. I also want to say this, too, since we're on the subject of telescopes, James, drive us now in that dead rabbit dune buggy down to Puerto Rico. I was actually talking to Kristen Davidson about this, another listener of the show. Thank you very much, Kristen. 
Arecibo Telescope, this is another follow-up. I did a story earlier in the year. A cable broke loose and smashed the Arecibo Telescope. That telescope for us, for us paranormal alien nerds, is important because that's where... The telescope is built to do a bunch of science nerdy stuff that we don't care about, but it's also built to detect asteroids coming in. That's cool because stuff blows up. And it was used for SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Uh, it was used to broadcast the Arecibo message, which is the one of the very famous messages we've sent out in space. The Voyager disks is one of them. And then this one kind of showed a little map of our solar system and a bit of our DNA. It was like this digital beam digital coded information that we shot out of the arecibo telescope it's very very popular in the paranormal alien community it's also in the movie contact no one cares about that it's also in the movie the losers you guys should watch the losers dude that movie's dope that movie's really really good it had chris evans and jeffrey dean morgan and i think zoe saldana and it was it was based on a dc comic book it's really good it's totally slept on you want a good action movie, watch The Losers. But The mo- the, the Losers has nothing to do with the Arecibo Telescope. A quick update to that. We did a story where a cable smashed open that thing, and they, they didn't know how the cable snapped. I remember saying maybe aliens did it. Uh, just putting on our conspiracy caps. There was some sort of conspiracy saying maybe that you're smashing it so we didn't get any information. You know, it's funny because I'm poo-pooing the sunspot thing, and I'm like, but this one... But, you know, we're just having fun putting on our conspiracy cap for that one. A cable smashed that dish, and scientists were like, we don't know if we can fix this, but I'm sure we can. You know, we don't have a lot of funding to begin with, but we'll figure something out. It's done. The Arecibo telescope's completely destroyed at this point. Just a couple weeks ago, I guess, one of the main cables, as they were inspecting, and they're like, we could probably figure this out, One of the main cables snapped and completely smashed the telescope. And they can't even, they can't even get near it to see what they can do to fix it now. And again, though, with the main, they're like, we didn't expect it. It was one of the big support systems for this. It shouldn't have broke. It's still mysterious how the first one broke. This one's mysterious how this one broke. But it's done. There's At this point, they're saying there's no way they can fix it. It's the area that's already battered by hurricanes. It's surprising that it lasted as long as it's, it did. And then we have these two mysterious cable snaps in a couple months. But that sucks because that is kind of a mainstay of... And it sucks, obviously, you know, for science and all that stuff. But for us, it sucks because it is a kind of iconic symbol of extraterrestrial contact. So, yeah, unfortunately, everyone pour a little liquor out for Arecibo Telescope. That is, as of now, finished. So that is our... New segment we have, Telescope Tuesdays. It's a new thing we're doing. Every Tuesday, I'm going to provide you a new story about a telescope. James, let's toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind the sad little Arecibo telescope. Maybe someone will figure out a way to take care of it. We are headed out to Oklahoma City. (laughs) James, I want you to land that Carpenter Copter right in front of the Skirvin... Hilton Hotel. We're knocking over a bunch of valets, uh, crushing cards and stuff like that. We all jump out. We laugh at the wreckage we've caused. And then we blame it on James. And as the cops are arresting him, we're like, thanks for supporting the Patreon. He'll figure a way out. We walk into the Skirvin Hotel. Now, I got most of my information for this story from an article written by John Branch for the New York Times called Fright Nights in the NBA. Very, very good article. A lot of good research in this. So thank you very much, John. And right when I finish that, we see James is, <laughs> James is uh, shaking off the cops and is now walking in the hotel behind us. 
The Skirvin Hotel was built in 1911. Then, you know, like all businesses, has its ups and its downs, but eventually the Skirvin Hotel went out of operation. Just kind of sat there in the middle of Oklahoma City. It's a national landmark, so they couldn't really do anything with it. But, you know, you kind of want to do something with it. You just don't want to leave a big old abandoned building in prime real estate. So the city gets together with these private partners and they go, let's revitalize this hotel. We'll restore it to its natural beauty and actually make it a working hotel again. So in 2007, they do that. They're able to revitalize that hotel, and they knock down a bunch of walls. Originally, it had like 500 rooms. Now it has 225 rooms. It's a luxurious hotel with these giant rooms. And so, of course, people who visit the town are going to want to go there. And it's the perfect spot, because it's so luxurious, that if you are a visiting NBA team and you're coming to play the Oklahoma City Thunder... Well, you know, we'll put you up in the old uh, Skirvin Hilton Hotel. It's beautiful. You got like royalty staying here. I guess I didn't look that up, but I'm sure at least one royal member stayed there. Very, very expensive hotel. NBA teams come there. They stay there. And then the next day they're playing the Thunder and then they go home. And that just kind of is how it works. They will go home. They go on to the next game. They're like, oh man, that was the only game I got to play this year. And then they go and they sit in their mansion. No, they continue on with their career. But they come to Oklahoma City, stay in the Skirvin Hotel, play Oklahoma City Thunder, and then move on. In 2010, a story appeared that was a little unexpected. And it's one of those things where coaches were just like shaking their head. They're like, dude, no, don't, don't quit saying that. Quit saying that in interviews. The Knicks are there to play the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they lose. They lose the game. And the next day, reporters are like, hey, why'd you lose that game? Why'd you lose that game? I had $20 on that game. And you had a couple of Knicks players go, we didn't, we didn't sleep well the night before, which sounds like just a, a normal excuse. But then they go, we didn't sleep well because of the ghost. There's, there's a ghost walking around the hotel. And people are like, what? And they're like, yeah, the hotel's super haunted. I hate that hotel. I hated it before. This isn't the first time I've been in that hotel. There's a bunch of ghosts running around. Reporters are like, what, what are you doing? Are you really blaming the loss of a game on a ghost? You had ESPN analyst Bill Simmons go, oh, no. Skirvin Hotel, yeah, no, I was there because I had to cover a game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Super haunted. People are like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, no, no. I woke up in the middle of the night, lights off, totally luxurious bed, great sheets and stuff like that. Apparently, this has become an ad for Skirvin Hilton. But I woke up in the middle of the night, I heard the sound of a baby crying. And not like a baby crying in the room next to me, a baby in my room. I don't have a baby. I'm, I don't know. Bill Simmons might have kids, but he didn't have a baby with him. You're like, what are you talking about? So looking into this, a ton of NBA players complain about this hotel. It's a known secret in the NBA that it's haunted. Now coaches are like, it's utter nonsense. Some of the coaches will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's their eyes shift from side to side. Other ones go, listen, NBA players, athletes in general are very superstitious. Very, very superstitious. They have these rituals before they do games. So it's not surprising that the players would believe in ghosts because they're superstitious but the coaches are kind of blowing it off they're like guys just focus on the game don't focus on bloody mary and the mirror the players are like bloody mary's real coach is like dang it why did i even bring that up you had other reports in this hotel so it's not just babies crying in your room that seems to be a common theme a lot of people are waking up to babies crying but you had nba players saying that they woke up to the sound of a slamming door and when they jumped up out of bed their bathroom door that they had left open was now shut spooky but you know the wind something like that some guys say that when they're walking around the hotel they can hear a whisper of a voice in their ear a woman's voice 
propositioning them. Hey, big boy, you want to dribble that ball down my court? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a woman picking up a basketball star. I guess the obvious one was, hey, boy, how about you put that ball in my hoop? But it's still, that's, that's like not sexy at all. Anyways, NBA, I don't know if she's actually making NBA. I don't know if she's actually making NBA puns while she's doing it. Oh, looks like you are uh, a straightforward. I don't know enough about basketball to even make these jokes. Anyways, that could be, you know, imagination or wishful thinking. This woman, this ghost, we'll get into her legend, but I just want to creep you out even more. People say, it's always men who see this, which is, again, a really odd thing. Yesterday we covered all the men drowning at that lake in Zimbabwe, or that, that river in Zimbabwe. This one, it's always men who are seeing this, experiencing this. They'll be taking a shower. I have a love-hate relationship with this one because I've always said the scariest place a ghost can appear is in your bathroom because it's super dangerous to be in your bathroom anyways. But I'm thinking of me taking a shower and me turning around and I have like that old shower curtain and on the other side of it, I see a silhouette standing outside of it. Like that's what I think of when I think of a ghost in a shower. This one, you're taking a shower and you turn around and there's a naked woman. (laughs) There's a naked woman ghost behind you. So I gotta say, I gotta say like, yes, ghosts in the shower are super terrifying. But if I was taking a shower and there was like a silhouette outside my shower curtain immediately i'd be like but then if like the 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 drapes the curtain moves aside and the super sexy ghost gets in i'm I'm gonna be a little more relieved at that point i'm like oh but probably not it's still an undead wraith in your bathroom it's just a hot one that one's a little harder to chalk up to (laughs) you know the wind did it the rusty pipes or something like that world meta peace basketball player formerly known as ron artest he actually wanted to sue the hotel because of this. Because he said he was sexually assaulted. I wasn't able to find details on it, but apparently he actually tried to sue them. He was so outraged by whatever this ghost woman did to him that he tried to sue sue the hotel. So that's interesting. What all this means really is, this is fascinating because you, we rarely see ghostly events have this sort of impact. Oklahoma City Thunder has the second most winningest records for home games in the entire league. In the entire league. If you're playing Oklahoma City and you're playing against them in their city, you are most likely going to lose that game. So the fact that this place is haunted, and that is where they are putting up the NBA teams from out of town, that's hilarious because it's actually probably helping them win. You, get it, you don't get a good night's sleep. And even if you do get a good night's sleep, the guy next to you, the guy in the room next to you, didn't get a good night's sleep, doesn't want to take a shower, super smelly the rest of the day. You got babies crying, you're hearing stuff in your ear. That is perfect. That's the funniest tactic. And I'm surprised that more people don't try. I'm surprised more teams aren't trying to find haunted locations and then like really trying to anger the ghosts. They're like, hey, hey, Michael Jordan, go down there and like summon a goat monster. It's like, what? What are you talking about? I don't even play for the NBA. They're like, yeah, that's why it's perfect. If you get killed by the goat monster, then, you know, you're a legend. But he's like, wait, what? No, 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 no. Just go down and go down and say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times. I'm not going to do that. But you would get someone else. You get some new guy who really wants to play basketball and be like, we'll put you on the team. But first, you give him a, give him a, a, a summoning goat monsters for dummies book. Go down to the basement of this hotel. 
So we have a real-life effect on the sport of basketball. And it's funny if you're actually betting. If you're, in, I've been researching gambling addictions a lot recently. We'll talk about that in a future episode. But if you're betting on teams, you almost always want to bet for the Oklahoma City Thunder. If they're playing, don't, don't gamble. I'm not giving you advice. This is a sure bet from Dead Rabbit Radio. Don't gamble. It, it appears that it can really mess you up. But if you are going to gamble... Uh, always bet on Oklahoma City at their home games because it's most likely the other team got spooked out. Now, we have a bunch of stuff to cover. I don't have a lot of time to do it, but I want to go into the legend of this story. And that's, again, where John Branch did an amazing job putting this all together. You have this woman ghost. She's whispering in your ear. She wants to dribble your bowl. You have a baby crying in your room. Sometimes there's an image of a woman pushing a baby carriage through the hotel. Why are these two things so connected? This is the story. A long time ago, we're talking like pre-1930, the hotel was only about 10 stories high. Now it's 14. When it was 10 stories high, the 10th story was known as a, a den of vice. You'd have gambling up there and things like that. And you had a young housekeeper named Effie. And she had an affair with the hotel's owner, the hotel's founder, W.B. Skirvin. Classic story. She gets pregnant. He wants to cover it up. So he says, go live on the 10th floor in this little hotel room. I'll provide for everything. But she's basically a prisoner. She's trapped up there. And even after she gives birth to her child, she's still not allowed to leave. She's not allowed to leave, so eventually this takes a toll on her. So she jumps out of her window, holding her baby, and dies in the front of the hotel. This is the most common ghost story you hear. Effie is a nickname that people have given her, but the most common story you hear is that one. And the New York Times looked into this and they go, we could never find a record of anyone named Effie, but it turns out that was just a nickname. But they go, we've never come across anyone who jumped out of the hotel with their baby and died. You even had a local historian, Steve Lackmeyer. He's a reporter for the Oklahoman. He said, we looked into this. I wrote a book about the Skirvin. We looked into this. It's a really well-known story in town. There is no record of this happening. And he goes, back then it was a small town. That would have made huge news. There's no proof of a housekeeper jumping out with a baby and dying in front of the hotel. The earliest reference, John Branch was able to track this down, the earliest reference of this being written down, this story, comes from the mid-90s on a Haunted Places website. So it may have been a local story that was going around that only particular, like, you know, you may have a bridge in your area that's kind of spooky, but if you move five miles out of that area, nobody knows of the story. This must have been a super local legend because there's no books written about it long ago but in the mid 1990s there was a haunted like a ghost research website and new york times tracked down the guy who wrote that his name is jason gammon who currently has a ghostly website jason gammon said this is what the story i heard like he goes yeah i posted it online back in the 1990s this was how i heard of the story he goes we used to hang out there was like a, a parking garage near this hotel at this point it was abandoned he said we used to hang out it would have been like in the 70s, the 80s. And they befriended an elderly security guard there. And he told us the story about a woman named Julia who was in room 832. And she, with her baby, fell out of her room, fell out of the window, landed in front of the hotel and died. So that was the story Jason Gammon told. But there has never been a room 832. That room has never existed. The most rooms that hotel ever had was 500 rooms. Now there's 14 floors, but it still has only had up to 500 rooms that they've now turned into 225. So we're basically at a dead end with the legend 
Because that story just isn't true. It is probably a bit of truth in there, but it could also just be an old man making up stuff to impress a bunch of kids, right? That's the most likely thing. It could be that the story is partially true, but he just got the, the number wrong. And maybe there wasn't a baby involved. Because again, you think that would be in the news. You don't think some just elderly guy would be like, I am the true guardian of the knowledge of Oklahoma City. And he has his staff. Welcome to my repository. You know, people did have newspapers back in the 1930s. And this would have been a story. It's super salacious. This is a fascinating story because I believe this ghost is real, but it has an unknown origin. I believe these incidents of the baby crying and the ghost woman are real for two reasons. One, you have a ton of witnesses to the activity. You have a ton of witnesses to the activity, and it kind of fits that only men are hearing it. Again, that is a detail that seems to make it stand out more than you go into a room, you feel a cold draft, anyone can feel the cold draft. I find that detail intriguing. Also the fact, and I've talked about this a hundred times on the show, the hotel absolutely does not play this up at all. They, they don't talk about it. They instruct all of their employees. If anyone asks about the ghost, tell them you don't know what they're talking about. They have a official statement. We do not talk about the folklore of this hotel. That is extremely suspicious. They could easily cordon off a little room and say, this is Effie's room and charge a little bit more. And then on Halloween, charge people to go through on ghost tours. And even though it's a luxurious hotel, you'd have people paying extra money just to stay in Effie's room. No, they want no extra money. The ghost does not exist. As far as the management of the hotel is concerned, it is not real. That makes me think it's real. Because almost every other company would be like, yes, this is a haunted sewage treatment plant. (laughs) And on Halloween, we open it up and we make an extra $1,000. I think it's real. I think this is a real ghost activity. We don't know the legend. We don't know where she came from. We have to, based on the evidence, we would assume that it is a mother and her child. But it almost seems like a mother ghost who, even though she has a kid, is still looking for a little something special on the side. She's always hitting on dudes, getting into their showers naked. Who knows what she did to uh, Meta World Peace, but she's definitely out there still looking for male affection. Bizarre story. It's a creepy story. Just as a standard ghost story, it's more than just, oh, a ghost walking down the hallway. We have a very active spirit. We have management denying it exists, while multi-millionaires in front of cameras are saying that place is haunted. That place is haunted. Again, it's not just people off the street going, oh, I went and saw an orb. You have people whose mental and physical abilities are worth millions of dollars and even more money is being bet on them every day and they're coming forward and being like, there's, there's, there's a dead baby in my room. I don't like playing this team. All of this takes it to a level above just orbs floating down a hallway. The ghost that exists at this hotel is actually costing people money. If you bet against Oklahoma City Thunder at a home game, you will most likely lose. Fascinating. I I can't think of a ghost... I can't think of a ghost story that has had such a financial impact on the people around it than this one. So if you ever find yourself in Oklahoma City and got a couple hundred dollars to spare... Why don't you check out the and, and are a man? I guess if a woman you go, it's just a nice hotel. But if you're a man in Oklahoma City and you have a couple hundred dollars to spare, check out the Skirvin Hilton Hotel. At the very least, you'll have a nice night in a luxurious hotel. And then the next day you can take in the sights and the sounds of the city. But you may possibly not just be paying for a room. You may be paying for a paranormal encounter. 
that involves a hot ghost in your shower lathering up your back. I don't think she can hold the soap, but just just for this scenario, she's lathering up your back. She's whispering sweet nothings in your ear. You may have the opportunity to make love to a ghost woman. You leave the next day. You don't have a basketball game to play. You don't have to worry about the stresses of that. You just go back to your daily life. However, nine months later, someone else is staying in that hotel and they wake up. They don't, hear, they don't, they don't take a shower with the beautiful woman. They wake up and they hear two ghostly babies crying in the darkness. You thought you were having a one-night stand with a specter. Instead, now you're cat. <laughs> now you're ca- <laughs> now you're Casper's dad. Now you're Casper's dad. I, I it probably would have been funnier if I had gotten it out. And I know I made a Casper joke last week, but what are you gonna do? Deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is gonna be our email address. I did, Casper is not a baby. Casper, I imagine, was like 10 or 12. And he didn't cry like a baby. But, anyways, you guys get it. You guys get it. Deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is gonna be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.